Hey everyone, welcome back to Facially Conscious with myself, Trina Renee, esthetician, Dr. Vicki Rappaport, dermatologist, Rebecca Gadbury, the cosmetic ingredient guru, and our fabulous, overly educated consumer, Julie Falls. We are gathered here together with you to talk about this crazy world of aesthetics. It's confusing out there in this big, wide world. That's why we're here to help explain it to you all, subject by subject. We will be your go-to girls, and from our perspective, without giving medical advice, we will keep things facially conscious. Let's get started. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Facially Conscious. Hello, everybody. Good, good morning. morning. Good morning. Good. Happy day after Earth Day. That's oh, it right. is. But when you guys hear this podcast, it will be so far from there. <laughs> but it is for us today, the day after Earth Day. <laughs> Want to see my um, shirt? I wore a shirt. Oh, Earth cute. Ocean safety. Ocean safety Day. That's cool. Ocean Safety I love that. Day. <laughs> I, love that. I decided that vintage? if I. It's vintage. It's because very I decided cool. I have so many clothes that if I don't wear things this year, I'm going to throw it away. And I'm like, I'm going to wear this ridiculous graphic t shirt today because <laughs> otherwise I'm going to have to throw it away. You're shopping do you, do you in your know, closet. Do you guys know how many years it is to be vintage? No. I found out that it, I think it's, now 30? I forgot, 30 or 40 because I was at the Prince. Paisley Park, and they said, this is a vintage machine from the 1980s, and I went, oh my God, that's when I was in high school. That makes me so old. Makes you but it's, 40, it's 40 years. I mean, that is vintage. 40, yeah. yeah. So 30 or 40 years, okay. That means your shirt is vintage. It's, we are vintage. It's vintage. We are vintage. Yeah, the word is, is just so Rebecca thrown said. around. So. I don't think I'm vintage. Oh, do you guys hear that voice, that male voice? We have a guest host today, Hi, and we're so excited to have him. His name is Dr. Wang. Happy to be here. Hello, Dr. Wang. Hello. How are you? Very good. <laughs> we're excited to talk to Dr. Wang because he is like a super laser dermatologist person. Can we give all his qualifications? <laughs> yeah, so well, impressive. I mean, well, so, so I met Dr. Wang back in 2018. 19 I think it was and he was just starting his practice but he had been in you know uh, the industry he arrived on the industry scene in 2016 and he started working for different dermatologist groups there was like four different dermatologist groups so he got to experience their lasers in these different offices and all in Los Angeles all in Los Angeles mm -hmm. that's right I mean he you did all of your stuff in Los Angeles before your practice? Uh, I did my fellowship in New York. I, I've kind of bounced around, but certainly uh, my clinical practice has been in, in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles area. All right. Okay. So where did you go to a, re a, a medical school and residency? Harvard, Harvard, school. Harvard, Harvard. It was... <laughs> I, I did, when I did people my... ask me when I, when I refer him, I said... I think he's got 14 degrees from Harvard. They're I not all medical I, I did either. a dual degree uh, MD MBA from Harvard, and then I I came out west for the first time and experienced California, and just fell in love during internship and residency. I went back to New York uh, City to do my Derm Path Fellowship um, at Cornell and Memorial Sloan Kettering, and then decided that uh, it's really hard to beat the weather mm -hmm. and, and the vibe in Los Angeles, so I moved back here. That is so cool! Wow, so I love those stories because those are the people that we want living in California—the mm -hmm. ones who really love it. 
We don't want people yeah. who just absolutely hate it. Well, they I, should go wherever go. they want to go. <laughs> I honestly, I think Calif- I think LA is a very hard city to visit. I think it's one of these. It is. It's unpleasant yeah. to visit, but once you live here, you really just get to know all the little kind of cute areas and all the neighborhoods. It's really a wonderful city. It's everything New York has to offer, but just hidden. It's more hidden than other cities. Yeah. And easier to live here. Oh, my gosh. So much more space. I love New York. I'm yeah. a city person. But yes. uh, LA is a special hybrid of city and Yes, and, and Dr. Wang also loves the city so much. He put his very first clinic in downtown And Los he Angeles. called it? Metropolis Dermatology. <laughs> I, yes. I do. I do. I do love cities. And I, I, so I moved around. It's just one of the things that I love because of diversity and energies and the, the energy of a downtown is you really can't get it anywhere else and and when we have our especially when people come into the clinic in downtown they look out and you actually see a real skyline and people are like oh is this an la kind of view because every view <laughs> you see in la is usually like beach and palm trees and and you, you see these kind of low rises but you know downtown has changed a lot in the last 10 years and it's been just really wonderful all the people that are moving here and i and, and even during the pandemic like i feel like half of new york is here yeah, they've moved here. I've you know hundreds oh, of new, yeah. new York patients, and and they want to live in a city, so they they do move downtown, and we see a lot of those patients now. All mm-hmm. the areas near your office there are just full of people, not necessarily wanting to go to the West Side to go to doctors. Sorry, Doctor Vicky, no but problem. like my daughter, <laughs> like my daughter lives in Highland Park, and my son is in Echo Park, and there's Silver Lake, and they're just. There's Pasadena, and you know it's great well, that now there's doctors near them. You know, because it's not there's there was yeah because there. there's not very yeah, many dermatologists in in um, downtown. There's like two others, right? Yeah, and and it's not necessarily about the number, but I just you know people who live downtown. The reason you live in a city is because you want to walk to things, right? And it's hard to take a whole day off of work to to drive somewhere just for. You know, twenty-minute doctor's appointment. So mm-hmm. I think it has real value to be in, a, in an area like that. Certainly for me, it was more just the energy. I actually love downtown because it has a, a lot of the great restaurants. Has a kind of like a younger, kind of like more urban vibe. And USC is right there. We have a lot of businesses that are there, and now it's a place for people to live. The whole mm-hmm. South Park area is is really wonderful. You see all the new developments there. So you know, ten years ago, and people are like, "Why would you open a place downtown?" Um, I was like, have you even been downtown? And people tend to have that view of downtown where they haven't been there in a while. So it certainly True. has changed so much. And mm-hmm. where the clinic is located is right at the corner of the financial district, LA Live and South Park. So right in the intersection where there's just a lot of business Good activity. Spot. It's great. Yeah. It's really wonderful there. And it sounds like when you go to Metropolis, you get exposed to all these incredible lasers, yes. which I know we're going to talk about today. Yes. So oh, yeah, Dr. Wang had, <laughs> I think, um, you know, Dr. Wang had a lot more experience with lasers because he worked in different offices. And most dermatologists have their one laser that they have in their office, and that's what they have to work with. But because he got to experience so many offices, different lasers, he got to, you know, try things out, see what works, what doesn't. And of course he went through his trial with some lasers in the beginning that didn't work uh but he is on top of the laser scene oh my god you do like conventions and conferences all over the world right uh yeah that's that's been kind of a kind of a fun thing to really not just not just really educate various providers on the world on on what's what's new on the scene like next week i'll be um, in Mexico City, and then we're going to Kuala Lumpur um, in July um, to do some educational series. But a lot of it just meeting people around the world and asking them what they do for their mm-hmm. conditions. You know, 
you have different populations that we're trying to treat, and we can all learn from each other. It's not a one-way street. And so these these meetings and, and conferences are extremely helpful. Um, so we all improve together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so today specifically on this episode 24, we are talking about a laser called Lutronic, which is a company, right, that makes different lasers. Yes, or... they're they're originally based in um, South Korea, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a presence all over the world. But they are relatively new to the scene in the U.S., so you know they're not as well known. But um, they've been have they been, been in South Korea for a while? Oh yeah, they've been oh. around for for over a decade and a half. Oh, that's excellent. Okay, that's good to know because Korean skin is very tricky. So it's good to see that they've been working with these lasers for a long time and that they're they're tried and true. So when they come here, we already have seen experience with them, right? Yeah, and K-beauty is all the rage these days. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is the pinnacle of skincare. Yeah. And, you know, people go to Korea just to learn about the things that they do, which is actually much more advanced than even in the United States. You know, they do a lot of things that um, we don't even know about here. Mm-hmm. You know, we have FDA approval process that takes longer. And certainly, um, Lutronic has been really, um, really great about kind of bringing the technology to the market here and <clears throat> educating providers on like what it is that they do. But the best thing is that their lasers are designed for skin of color. Mm-hmm. And that's extremely important. All their studies, you know, they have to treat Asian skin and Asian skin is something that is deceptively deceptively difficult to treat because even in lighter skinned kind of East Asian uh, skin types, they can pigment like a much darker skin type. So we have to be really careful with lasers. And and so people oftentimes they'll go somewhere and they'll be told, oh, you have dark skin. We can't treat you with laser Mm -hmm. as a blanket statement. But we know that's not true. These days with the technology that we have, we can treat all skin types, mm-hmm. but you have to be, you have to use the right technology and also uh, have experience treating different skin types. Okay. So um, today we're talking about the Hollywood Spectra laser. So can you tell us what that is? What is that laser? Yeah. <clears throat> so I can go into some of the technicalities of it, but certainly this is a, um, what we call a short pulse laser. Um, in the past, something would, like this would have been referred to as a Q-switched laser, or you may have heard of Pico lasers as well. Mm-hmm. It's in this category, but actually it's a it's a brand new category of laser. It's a short nanosecond pulse laser um, that also has an additional acoustic shockwave associated with each pulse. So what does that mean? We're calling it a, a <laughs> nanoacoustic laser. So <clears throat> the technology that kind of is behind this is it's it's called an atelabeam and hypersurge resonator. These are kind of fancy terms for the ability for beams to be delivered at extremely high energies in an extremely short amount of time. And um, it's a stabilized beam, so it's very consistent. In the past, we weren't able to get the technology quite right where you have strong pulses with a stable delivery of the beam. So where you're treating is actually being treated fully. But mm-hmm. now um, that has been um, done, actually thanks to James Bartholomew, who's the, the, the technology officer at Lutronic, and now we have to stabilize that beam. And so what that means is you're able to get really high pulse energy like in a Pico laser. <clears throat> but additionally, that that extra energy in the nanosecond pulse allows for there to be an actual shock wave um, that basically vibrates through the skin. And it's an additional component to breaking down pigmentation. Okay, so does it just, is this laser specifically for melanin cells? <clears throat> not, really, not, not really. Really anything pigmented can be treated. So certainly melanin-related conditions um, benign things like sunspots, right? Mm-hmm. But you can also treat melasma um, and also tattoo pigment. So really anything that has 
color can be treated. You know, I would say that <clears throat> we have other lasers that treat um, other types of pigmentation and, and, and blood vessels in a different way. We can certainly talk about those uh, in the future, but the way I use this laser is predominantly for pigmentation. Mm -hmm. And then um, a new handpiece that just will be released in the U.S. will also be able to treat scars and kind of rejuvenate collagen over time, too. And stretch marks. And stretch marks. Mm. Mm -hmm. And tightens a little bit, too. So, you know, we, we have enough. We're lucky to have enough lasers to be able to specialize in each particular condition and, and figure out which combination of lasers to use. But a lot of these laser platforms can really do a nice job on a bunch of different conditions. Mm -hmm. So the Hollywood Spectre laser is specific mm -hmm. to people who have pigmentation. So if if somebody had uh, brown spots or melasma, they would search out the Hollywood laser. Yeah, and and people come to our office um, for that initial evaluation, right? Mm -hmm. So we are very careful about how to select the right patient for the right technology. And so it's not a blanket, you know, everyone who comes in with pigmentation is gonna get the Hollywood spectra. Mm -hmm. But depending on what kind of pigmentation, how long it's been there, the, the the background skin type of the patient, all these things kind of help us determine which combination is right. Mm -hmm. But certainly the Hollywood spectra is, in, is present in a lot of the routines that we do because it's an important and valuable component to most of the treatments we do for melasma, for example. Um, but also sunspots. We, we have different ways to treat sunspots, and uh, Hollywood Spectra does a nice job. Okay, so if somebody living in another city who their dermatologist has this laser, what would you tell people in general that this laser, like if this is the laser you mm -hmm. want to go for if you have? Well, I, I think, I think <clears throat> no matter where you are, um, everyone's on social media these days, so you kind of are exposed to technology that's really everywhere in the country. So I think that's something that's been a, a field change over time. Even the last 10 years, that was not the case. You kind of knew about what you had locally. But these days, you people know about people. Consumers are very educated mm -hmm. on all types. And, and, and certainly a podcast like this is helpful for people to, to know what's out there. Yeah. So I think the technology is really important. I think having an experienced provider is really important as well. So that combination is what gives you those results that you're looking for. I think looking for the Hollywood Spectra is is great just because I'm, I'm familiar with kind of the, the quality of the lasers, the company behind it, and, and how well they train providers. So, you know, if someone has a Hollywood Spectra laser, you know that that provider has been well-trained by the company and they have full support. And so it's the settings, the, the way it's used, um, these are these are qualities that the company takes very seriously. So I, I find that people who have electronic devices do a nice job. They know what they're doing. That's a really good point that you just made is that a company that sells the laser gives the proper training and that the providers who are doing it know how to do it with the support because that comes with any company like with me with product lines. If I'm working with a company that doesn't give proper training and they don't give enough training and I don't know enough behind the product then I'm just selling whatever. So I always pick companies that give really good training. So I think that's important because a lot of their laser companies, I remember one that you had in the beginning and I can't remember the name of it, but we were trying to do a setting on there and you weren't around. And so I called the company and nobody knew the answer. Yeah. And that that's concerning. I, I think I've had cases on when I first got a Lutronic laser, I just remember um, 
there was something specific, a patient came in that same day, wanted treatment that same day, but it was something that, you know, it's it's a very rare condition, so we haven't treated it before, and I, I messaged the the company and immediately got an expert in the field who had treated it before using the same laser, and I got those settings from that person within 10 minutes, so I was able to treat the patient that day, and that's the kind of service that's really difficult to get, and, you know, I don't, I'm not part of Lutronic um, or anything, in it, but I've worked with different laser companies, and uh, it's hard to get that level of support. And I think you get the level of support when it's a smaller company in, in the US. Um, they're really going out of their way to make sure that that experience is great for all their, um, kind of for all the devices they have. Um, so I've had a great experience with them. Dr. Wang, um, I'm asked all the time about who to go to for what referrals. And this is people. Julie. This is Julie. And people always <laughs> ask me, well, how does that compare to, say, an IPL? And I can't really answer the question. I just say go in and have a consultation and go to somebody who's knowledgeable and has a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, lasers. And what is, what is the difference between the technology uh, behind this the Hollywood Spectra laser and say like an IPL? So they're very different technologies. And you know, IPL came on the scene long, long time ago. And it was one of the first technologies that was introduced. So people, you know, the term is photofacial and people just go in for their lasers. When people come in, I had laser before, they presume exactly. it's the IPL, right? Yep. And so there's a lot of new technologies that actually require some education. And IPLs are great. And I, I, I have um, a version of IPL called BBL. And, um, certainly we can talk about that in the future, but um, they're very different from the specific wavelength. So Hollywood Spectra, it's 1064 nanometers and 532 nanometers very targeted towards certain chromophores, which are basically the things that are absorbing the laser energy. IPL is great, but it's broadband. So it's really the whole spectrum of visible light. And that can do a lot of kind of general rejuvenation. They can help with some reds and some browns. So it's great for just overall improvement in skin kind of tone and texture and and, and pigmented spots. The things that it's not good for is in in people with color in their skin, that whole spectrum of light can induce reactive pigmentation. So people who tend to have an underlying melasma, and sometimes you can't even tell you have melasma. Sometimes it's underlying and it's brought out by light. So the, the IPL-based technologies can actually bring out melasma when it wasn't there before. So just be really, really careful um, uh, with IPL. Like it can work wonders for sunspots and, and we, there's a place for it. But I think people need to know that there are risks associated with IPLs. And when we do these targeted treatments with short pulse lasers, it's certainly a safer technology because you're not damaging or heating up the top layer of the skin, which is where a lot of the pigment sits. Um, so certainly more focused. Um, it's something that you're actually treating a specific issue rather than just trying to get an overall, like, oh, I'm going to get an improvement. Um, and that doesn't come without its risks. Got it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And and I just, you know, a plug for dermatologists, right, you know, versus med spas, you know, going to somewhere, you know, you had mentioned at the beginning, you know, dermatologists has one laser, so they try and shove everything in that laser. Not so much anymore, right? We have so many different lasers because the prices have come down a lot. We do get really interested in them. There are better and better lasers on the market. So, you know, a lot of dermatology practices have multiple lasers and they choose based on what you come in for. You might ask for 
the spectra or the IPL, but we might have something better based on what you want to come in to treat. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think generally speaking, dermatologists, plastic surgeons, probably over med spas because med spas don't have the, the, I feel, don't have the, the trained technicians, providers, MDs, right? A lot of PAs, a lot of MPs, and they are great, but they don't have as much experience with lasers that, that we have because we just see the, the masses of patients with problems. Mm-hmm. And we we master the settings. We master the technology. And I always get nervous about people mm-hmm. jumping into a med spa to you know, get this bargained basement mm-hmm. peel slash laser and the, the results aren't great and because the person really didn't have much experience with it. You know, I do. Do you want to say something, Dr. Wang, about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think certainly that the training is really important. And I think I think one of the benefits of a dermatology practice is that, you know, I and Dr. 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 Vicky as well. And, you know, we spend years training on the medical portion. So I, cosmetic dermatology is not in isolation. Right. Dermat- cosmetology is building on medical dermatology. So having a deep understanding of the skin and the biology is crucial for figuring out what laser to use. Um, I, I, when I, when I travel and I speak, um, there are many owners of many spas and and um, different types of like service providers that I think do a great job. And 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 you will the the thing with Medi spas is that you will have a wide range of quality, right? You have some people who really take the time to learn. Um, to get good devices, to really ask the questions. And I meet them all over the country and they're fantastic. But you also have some that are trying to cut corners. And when when you cut corners with lasers, it's a very, very dangerous proposition because um, lasers are dangerous. Lasers are hard. It's not as simple as memorizing a setting and just firing away at the skin because a complication takes years to treat and it can happen in a split second or less, right? So Knowing the biology of the skin is one of these things where it's, it's really, really crucial. So, you know, I, I, I'll play devil's advocate in the sense that I, I don't necessarily think that many spas cannot um, be good providers. But what I do know, and, and when I give talks, I also put this in, is like if there is a spot that you're not sure what it is, make sure the patient at least goes to a dermatologist to make sure it's not a melanoma, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure that it's not all pigments the same. And, and there's many different medical conditions. And... And if they're not sure, they shouldn't fire a laser at it. They really need to make sure that the patient gets a proper medical evaluation. And really only a dermatologist can do that correctly. Um, and then and then if it's something that's benign, ultimately it's the patient's choice. But uh, I think there's always a risk uh, in terms of uh, the level of training and the, and the quality of the devices. Well, one thing that I always say as an esthetician to all of my clients is never cut corners on your face, like never do discounts, like do discounts on food, restaurants, clothing, you know, those types of things. But when it comes to your face, don't ever go to a place that's offering a deal because you're going to be unhappy Mm -hmm. and also probably get some damage you know and your face is your face it's always there and and once you mess it up it's hard to to fix it after so i always say go to somebody that is really good somebody that's a referral somebody Mm -hmm. that knows that that they're good like always go for a referral yeah and i think i think my my views on discounts are that it's definitely I know why people do it, and and you know it's uh, especially in Los Angeles. It's a there's a lot of people doing many similar things. Um, my philosophy on life is you you, you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. and I, I really do believe this. There's, <clears throat> there's always a trade off to something, right? You want immediate results, 
you're going to run the risk of potentially higher side effect profile. That's the same thing with kind of pricing. Like you have to wonder, you know, why is it that something's priced a certain way? Like why is it this price here and that price there? There is some, there's always a reasoning behind it, right? So someone who has very qualified providers um, and that kind of background training, it's more expensive to buy good lasers. It's more expensive to train people correctly. It's more expensive to train people who, uh, to, to have people who are experienced, who are good at what they do. And those costs are, it's not cheap to do those things, right? So uh, a place has a reason for, for what they charge. And I think you you have to go somewhere where you know that the, the practice also values um, good quality and that they know they do a good job. And I think that's built into the price. So I, I think I'm not saying, you no know, these things are cheap and, and certainly lasers themselves can can be cost prohibitive. But, you know, there are other things that, that are, are on the market and you can certainly use do those things. But I think having that consultation is really important so you know what options are out there before before mm-hmm. going for a special deal. Mm-hmm. Um, because I said, it's really difficult to reverse a side effect once you once you have one. Okay, so back to the Hollywood Spectra laser because yeah. we have to wrap up this okay. episode. Um, how uh, so? It's good for all skin types. You were saying pretty much like the darker skin yes, types. Yes, absolutely. As well? So, so the benefit is that it's good for all skin types. Certainly, the settings are going to be different, um, and uh-huh. we assess the patient's skin to know. And we ask questions like, when you get a cut, how long does it take for that little brown area to go away? Right. Mm-hmm. So those things help us uh, determine the laser settings, mm-hmm. and also treatments that are. Are, are, are available. So this this is a short pulse laser. So it's it's really a minimal downtime to no downtime laser. Um, it's not really painful for the most of the things that we do for it. Laser, tat- laser tattoo removal certainly can be uncomfortable, but in terms of like skin toning for melasma, hitting some sunspots, those are, are quite comfortable. Um, and then kind of other features of the Hollywood Spectra, you can do the Hollywood laser peel on it. And that is a carbon peel that basically helps with acne, pigmentation brown and red and then also kind of can treat active acne too in some cases so there's a lot of kind of uses for this kind of short pulsed technology with that acoustic vibration okay so so um all skin colors uh and types Mm -hmm. are good for this laser and then also um how often, I mean, like, do they have to do one treatment? I mean, I know it's going to depend on what they're treating and and stuff, but like overall, do you see great results with one treatment? Do people usually need, need three treatments? How far apart and how often? Yeah, so I can, I can speak just the way I like to approach these things. So I think if the pigment is deeper and more diffuse, it takes more sessions. Things like melasma are going to take multiple sessions to really treat to a point where people are happy, right? So it's not that you can't see a result after one because you absolutely can do that. Um, but usually we, we recommend two to three sessions about a month apart from each other just so the body has time to actually start taking away the pigment. Because a lot of the deeper pigmentation, you're not actually destroying the pigment. You're just breaking down those pigment particles into smaller pieces so your body can then take it up and and, and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the same with tattoos. You know, tattoos it takes many sessions, but we see lots of results really quickly with this with this laser. So mm-hmm. it's been pretty impressive in that way. Now, superficial pigmentation, sunspots, you can get them to kind of scab off, um, just like it would with a um, an IPL technology. And sometimes those are just one treatment. But I always like to say I'd rather do it over two to three treatments, where we're making sure we're not inducing any kind of hyperpigmentation side effects. Um, 
for people and, and safety always comes first. So I, I tend to err on the side of caution with most of these treatment options. And what does it cost somebody um, broadband? Like, sure. So uh, it also kind of depends on what you're treating in the surface area. And, and, and so so I think if you're using the Hollywood spectra to treat um, uh, melasma, a uh, full face treatment, I think a treatment like this will probably range between about 700 to about 1500 um, per session. Some people do package them because they do see better results up to three or four. And you'll be able to get a slightly better "Quote unquote deal <laughs> that way, mm -hmm. but um, we we are uh, we don't we don't really have packages um, at, at at my clinics, and so we, we do one by one because I actually like to um, do an evaluation at the follow up and figure out is do you need another one? Is there something that's better? And and so we do this kind of sh assessment at each visit, so mm -hmm. so we're not kind of bound by by the package that that someone got. So if somebody had melasma, let's say, and they had to do three sessions. Mm -hmm you know, between seven and 1500, mm -hmm. depending on where they are. Mm -hmm. um, how long does have have you seen how long it lasts before? Like, do they have to come in every year to do it? Does it come right back if they go in the sun? Does it um, is it something long lasting forever? Well, melasma is really tricky. It's definitely not forever. So melasma is something that's uh, induced by different things. Um, oftentimes it's hormonal. So it'll matter if someone's on a hormonal IUD, birth control pills. It'll depend on whether it's mostly sun-induced, how genetic it is. Um, so these things will kind of uh, influence it. So we find that oftentimes <coughs> summer is a really terrible time for melasma. And so usually, even if it's well-treated, you will get the melasma by August or September. So in general maintenance, once you get it kind of clear in the beginning, which I would say about you know three sessions, maybe twice a year, once or twice a year is probably a good cadence to do that. Melasma, I don't just do laser. Melasma is usually combined with many other adjunct treatments to really maximize the efficacy, whether it's a topical um, kind of brightening that you do on a regular basis, obviously great mineral, non-chemical sunscreens. And um, we, there are even some oral medic options for for melasma that we kind of combine with laser treatments to, to make right. sure. Right, melasma is like effective. hair loss, right? You can't just like take a supplement mm -hmm. and uh, make your hair grow. Melasma right. is so multi multifocal, right? It's like, and, and I don't tell patients it's forever, but I do tell them it's because it has to be part of their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. They should always be aware that it can come back. Even if they spend, you know, money on lasers, it's not gone forever. They still have to maintain it. What's the difference it. between melasma mm -hmm. and what I have, which is the actinic keratosis? What's the difference between? It very different. Same. Very different. So yeah, melasma is more of a brown, splotchy uh -huh. look, mm -hmm. typically on the face, but you can get it on forearms and chest. You're, and and it is very hormonally influenced. Very much seen in women, more more women than men, but men can get melasma. Yours, your yours is one hundred percent sun induced. So, so melasma can be hormonal and genetic Got based it. on you know a skin type. And it's also yours like is big... sun cluster mm -hmm. like it looks like a big almost peak. like a birthmark or yeah. something little cluster so. and people get it on their forehead around their eyes they often call it a pregnancy mask right um and but they brown can get it sunspots are not melasma that's just mm -hmm. sunspots from 100 okay. like you'll never get a sunspot on the buttock if you've never exposed your buttock to the sun but you can have a face full of sunspots because it's just 100 percent influenced by the sun and melasma is influenced by the sun in terms of it can actually come out after a sunburn, 
but it's because you were on the birth control. It's because you, you know, are 50. It's because you were genetically prone. It's not, it's not a sun, 100% a sun exposure problem. Mm-hmm. So, um, so like, does this laser, uh, do, does it hurt this laser? <laughs> do you need a uh, numbing cream or Valium, like it in. Oh God, here she goes. <laughs> I think. I think. Pronox. I. So, How painful is it? So, <laughs> if you're doing uh, melasma toning, um, individuals kind of small spot treatments, Hollywood laser peel um, with a carbon mask. These things do not require numbing at all. We always give our patients the option of topical numbing for 20 minutes if they they want to. Um, I think it's just a courtesy. It's really some people just don't want to feel any pain at all, and I think that's fine. But it. it I tell people it feels like little electric raindrops. It's very, it's kind of a weird feeling, but I don't That's think it's cute. painful. Electric raindrops. <laughs> little, little, That's little, cute. Yeah, it's the way you, it's a lot of these things that kind of like psychologically. I can you, feel that. I can yeah. understand that. People just want to know means. what to expect, right? And and so you don't want to tell people it doesn't hurt and it actually hurts a lot, right? Because there's a trust element to this. So mm-hmm. I'm always really honest with people and, and we have Pronox as well. And we use Pronox when we do the tattoo removal. Because What's Pronox? Pronox? I mean, laughing gas. It's laughing oh, gas. Laughing the dentists gas. have it. Oh. And people come in just sometimes just for that. Ah! <laughs> it feels it feels weird. Um, so, so some people do really well on it and it's not an uh, anesthetic. So you still feel the procedure. But it it makes you lightheaded, so you kind of don't care hmm. about it. So it's more of that. But you know, there are certain people do have who get a little paranoid when they're lightheaded, and so for those people, we tell them like, let's not do the Pronox. But <laughs> it's been really kind of wonderful for a lot of patients to tolerate um, tattoo removal because tattoo removal, no matter how you do it, mm-hmm. is going to be painful. But this this laser is really fast. You don't numb with lidocaine for tattoo removal. We do, but they still feel it. Oh yeah, uh, topical. Oh, yeah, but no, no, no. I'm talking about injecting them with Lido. We sometimes do that, but sometimes we should come with an entire sleeve, like a whole yeah, arm hard. of tattoo. Okay. And it almost hurts more to be jabbed 100 times um, than to just kind of go with it. And this this laser, uh, the, the spot size is really big. Um, it's eight millimeters and it's really fast. So the key with tattoo removal is that it needs to be really fast because yep. it hurts more and more the longer it takes. Um, we videoed that tattoo removal in your office. Was that with this machine? Yes. The Hollywood Spectra. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's multiple things you can do with it, but it's a, an excellent, excellent tattoo removal device that I haven't we'll seen have any to other show ones. That. Yeah, it's great because it doesn't cause breaks in the skin. So oftentimes tattoo machines will cause this like kind of this, like break in the skin that makes the skin look all kind of like white on the top. Mm-hmm. We never treated that setting. So people are always like they like in the past they're like, Oh, I've had to put all this Vaseline or Aquaphor on it and put saran wrap on it. Our patients leave our clinic no aftercare mm. because the top of the skin isn't broken. So there's really no risk for infection. And that's been a really wonderful advance in technology and 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 something people are kind of shocked that that, mm-hmm. that happens. And we treat to the level where we don't induce that hypopigmentation around the, around the tattoo, which happens because, you know, pigment, tat, pigment lasers are, are really color blind in the sense that they will attack anything with pigment, including the pigment that's in your normal skin. Mm-hmm. And so we don't want to over-treat where you can really treat the tattoo well, but you're also left with this area where your normal skin is lightened. And and so we're very cautious about that. Can I men- mention one thing about, I, I love like the fact that you, you talk about the technology because you're right, old-fashioned tattoo removal lasers were very destructive. And the fact that like you can 
literally not even bandage them, don't even have them do Vaseline. The technology in lasers have just, they just like light years ahead compared to five, 10 years ago. So if people, if the listeners, like the longer they wait, you know, I'm not saying wait for, you know, and suffer, but whatever they want to treat, the longer they wait, the technology gets better and better and better. Less downtime, maybe less cost, more improvement, better results. So I really love that idea about don't rush into doing anything. Keep waiting, keep doing their research. Mm -hmm. I had a patient the other day who had this strangest when I looked in a uh, five diopter lens, she had these weird, her skin is um, uh, light skin. Uh, she's mixed with like black Mexican and some other. So Latin, she's like a four type four. Like, yeah, type four. Her skin's beautiful, no flaws. But then I looked under the skin and I saw these like yellowish, weird looking dots and i was like what is that is that calcium deposit so i asked her and she said oh that's tattoo removal because she had freckles tattooed on her face and oh they look like God. black dots and she was horrified afterwards and then she had to get them laser removed and many sessions of it and they were like pigmented spots under her skin but you couldn't see it with the naked eye like you couldn't see them but I could see them under the microscope and she's like that's just my tattooed removal just like ba- like scars that were not there I were guess. like deep scars that were not visible to the naked eye I wonder if for... they I wonder if they just electrocauterized it and caused them scar tissue there yeah instead of like be- scars. because uh, mm, you know electrocautery yeah. is what people refer to as lasers all the time technically it's not a laser but um that's that's what it's oftentimes referred to and you know what shocking that somebody would tattoo freckles I'm just like what is with all this stuff like she, nothing permanent, it, it people. Her, nothing permanent, please. Yes, it was for her. You know, she's a a, a rock star. So it's like you know, she was oh. trying to have a cool. I look. don't know. She's a look. It's called makeup. You can right. Makeup artists we actually, are incredible. We actually do a lot of um, kind of uh, eyebrow tattoo removals. Mm-hmm. It's they're coming they in. They never match. They never match. <laughs> they like I don't ne- like the shape of it, or like microbladed eyebrows. Never like permanent people. Never I used to be very afraid. People. I used to be very afraid of treating those because it's actually certain types of, um, um, and, and you know this as well is that you can, there's certain types of like lip liners and and cosmetic tattoos that have different types of ink in there where actually a laser will darken the tattoo oh, and there's actually gosh, no way God. to remove it. Oh. So so we're very cautious with that, but you know. So far, I've had kind of some kind of good luck, but I always tell patients um, it's possible. So we always do a little test spot just mm. so they're aware prior to a full treatment. Okay. Well, we're, we should wrap this little episode up because we're going to have Dr. Wang back again for the Derma V, which is also a Lutronic laser on our next episode. So um, thank you for coming in. Uh, I would love to do some takeaways really quick on what we got from here. Don't start with me <laughs> because I, I have to think about my takeaway. Don't start with me. <laughs> start with Dr. Wang. Oh, me? Oh, great. Okay. Do you want to tell us like Our some takeaway, uh, takeaway point or points that you would like to just sure. emphasize? Sure. Um, so I think I think the key is just uh, not all lasers are created equal, right? So it's about the the technological advances of the laser. It's about the the training that someone has to these lasers. And in the past, the lasers used to be more broad. They used to kind of try to do everything with one treatment. And now we're very focused in terms of like, what are we trying to treat and have a specific laser for it? So the Hollywood Spectra is a great laser for pigment of all types. Um, and 
this, the, the power of the laser, the different settings make that a very versatile platform to treat all different types of, of pigmentation. That's my takeaway. Awesome. I'm ready. <laughs> I have a takeaway. Um, my takeaway today is that I learned that Lutronic, the company itself, has really good training for their staff. So if somebody has that kind of laser, you probably know that they've been trained well. So I, I would look for that uh, in an office. And also um, my other takeaway is don't go for discounted lasers anywhere. Just be careful who you go to and always go to somebody who's recommended, who's very good at what they do. There's so much new technology out there. Um, I recommend that you uh, talk to a trusted friend who's maybe already been on the same path and has had the lasers. Do your homework and um, go see Dr. Wang or Dr. Dr. Vicki Rappaport. That's my takeaway. And I have two takeaways. And one is dermatologists are so well-trained. We have, you know, we go to four years of medical school, four years of residency. If you can visit a dermatologist and ask them questions and get a good consultation as to what you should do for what you want to have treated cosmetically, medically, whatever, whether they have or don't have the technology, you will get a really great consult. Don't rush into anything and nothing permanent, people. No permanent makeup, please. No permanent fillers. Just go slow. And also the technology gets better and better and better. So keep waiting. That's what I have to say today. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Wood. This podcast is so needed in the world right now. There is so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at infofaciallyconscious.com. At